I've heard it said that 80 to 85% of disease starts in the mouth. I think you've heard me say that. And listen, dental, huge as far as why you may not be getting well. I think you've heard me say that too. However, you may not have heard the word biomimetic dentistry. Well, this is a type of dentistry that, I don't know, it goes beyond uh, bio, your regular bio dentistry, if you will, and even how to fill in a cavity that will last your lifetime as opposed to cracking, leaking, and causing new problems, even how to do cosmetic dentistry right, stay tuned to this show, and also why, how your bite unknowingly may be causing your neck pain, back pain, headaches, health problems. Yeah, it might give you jaw pain, but there's something you can do about it and how to check for it all on this show. Stay tuned. It's a good one. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Cellular Healing TV. I'm Ashley Smith, and today we welcome back guest Dr. Paul O'Malley, who is a Master of Biomimetic Dentistry and an IAOMT Certified Holistic Dentist. He's here to talk about how important your bite is when addressing your dental work. He will also explain why biomimetic dentistry is on the cutting edge for restoring teeth back to the way nature intended them to be. We always love our dental episodes here on Cell TV, and today is no different. So let's get started and welcome Dr. Paul O'Malley and, of course, Dr. Pompa. Welcome, both of you. Thank you yeah. very much. So happy right. to be back on the show again. Thank you. Yeah, Dr. yeah, exactly. Part two. Uh, that's how important this show is. Uh, you know, look, I mean, if 80 to 85% of disease starts in the mouth, it's estimated. Well, you better listen up, folks, because we have a different reason than you may think today. And first of all, you, you know, she mentioned biomimetic dentistry. Okay, we talked about it in part one, but it's worth reviewing. What, what the heck? Dr. Paul is biomimetic dentistry? <laughs> well, <laughs> good question. Biomimetic, bio means life. Mimetic means copying. So basically, how do we rebuild and restructure the teeth that have broken down as close to mother nature as possible? So there's actually a published scientific literature that's been called by even some of my mentors, and they've put together very beautiful courses, and we started teaching how to follow some of this scientific literature to reconstruct a tooth. So you have to take a tooth apart, right, in the laboratory to go, just like an engineer would, go, okay, how much does uh, the inner part of the tooth, known as the dentin, how much does it flex? How much does the enamel flex? How ab abrasive and erosion resistant is it? And then what materials do we have out there that can mimic that? And that's what biomimetic dentistry does. It helps follow those protocols. Yeah, I mean, and I don't want to rehash part one completely, but, you know, one of the things, and I've watched some of your videos, and, you know, even putting in a filling, a ceramic inlay, you know, you do it in layers, and there's a reason for that. I'll let you explain the reason for that. But ultimately, it's, you know, fillings when they are done incorrectly or just stuffed in, as we'll say, you know, just filled up, it pulls from the tooth, it creates cracks. So not only does the filling not last, but it creates other health problems and other infection problems later. So that's part of biomimetic dentistry is you know, when we're really just imitating uh, what's natural, more natural for the tooth. So kind of explain that process. Well, that's right. We, we build up the teeth that have had cavities and we do it in such a way. First of all, we make sure we remove only the decay and only as much as is uh, needed to remove. So we use a, a sort of a stain to make sure we're getting all the decay 
And a new paradigm shift in dentistry is that in the deep area of the decay, if the tooth is viable, vital, and alive, and responds to cold and is doing well, we can leave a small amount of decay in the center part of the tooth oh. as we seal and surround it. And by doing that, we can build the tooth up and we put the bonding in in layers, which follows sort of adhesion technology, right? So that it won't compete. So when you put the layers in, one side of the tooth is not competing with the other side. Like, I want to hold it harder than this side or that side. And so it, it's sort of a balance that's created. It's sort of like building a house with uh, many, many bricks instead of one solid wall. Because if the solid wall were to break down, you have to replace the whole thing. So in the mouth, we do the same thing in a bunch of small layers to mimic mother nature and then also decrease the amount of shrinkage that can happen when we put the blue light on. The traditional conventional dentist puts a large glob of filling in because, you know, they're thinking about the patient. Let's go fast. We don't want the patient in there very long and, you know, be productive and all these types of models. Right. So they put a big piece in, put the blue light in. It looks beautiful. looks great. Patient walks away. They're fine within three to five years, that thing is leaking and it's got bacteria and everything underneath it. And then and they come back, insurance pays for it again. Now they need a bigger one. And then the same thing happens again. Now they need a crown. Yeah. And it continues down this road until, well, there's no tooth left. Now you need a root canal. Well, you lost the tooth. Now you need a dental implant. And yeah. it's a shame. It doesn't need to go that way anymore. With biomimetic dentistry, we can seal that tooth. Once it's sealed, Man, it appears as though it's staying that way. We have 20-year uh, studies, and it looks like it's going to keep going that way, theoretically, and it should. And if it does break down, it's a small area that breaks down. So we're more interested in the life and longevity of the tooth, not the darn restoration. We're not trying to make the hardest restoration in the world and uh, sit there and, and, and kind of figure out a way to uh, make that thing last. We're more interested in protecting the tooth, protecting right. the nerve. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, and obviously the health of the patient. So, all right. So, exactly. let's, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's the, <laughs> that's the big one. Right? Yeah, that's yeah. the big one without saying, um, at least on this show without saying. Yeah. But, you know, let's talk about today's topic, which um, you know this. Uh, I, you know, I have had some major bite issues in my day. <laughs> that's because, I mean, I had periodontal disease, you know, which creates a, a lot of shifting, a lot of problems. Uh, recession in my gums and you know so restoring my mouth to a healthy mouth and I told you now I don't even get plaque right and I was right. told I was one of the people told oh you have to brush better do this do that floss that you know floss. listen no but I floss you know after every meal right I do water picking I mean nobody did better than me right and I still had plaque the different and I got my teeth cleaned all the time after I got every bit of infection out of my mouth, and here's a big one too, is got my bite right. I've never had a drop of plaxid. So, wow. so there's a different issue here. Now, we talk about bite. Okay, so people right now listening may say, that's my problem because my jaw's sore. That's my problem. I get headaches. I have neck pain. Could that be right. my jaw? Right. Or, I don't know if I have a bite problem. I, I don't have any symptoms, right? So, we have two sides of the coin, people with symptoms, people with not. But let, let's start here because I want everyone to understand how this impacts them and why this, you need to have this evaluated correctly. Okay, why would having a bite off knowingly or unknowingly be an issue for your health in general and obviously for your teeth? Well, uh, 
there's three things, and this is based on studies and uh, observation by Dr. John Coyce and Frank Spear. And so I passed that information along because I found it to be empirically true. There's three things besides an accident that cause people to lose their teeth. And two of them are bacterial related, and one is the bite. So the first is gum disease, the second is cavities, and then the third is a bad bite. Okay, so all three of those things can lead to tooth loss. Along the way to tooth loss, they can get infections of the gums, infections of the root. Now we're talking about system-wide whole body reactions. As we talked about in our earlier show, we start talking about root canals now, all of a sudden we're into the big gray area of the grayest area. And you know, is someone gonna get sick from the thing? Are they not? Is it, the, it's just, let's just not even go there in the first place. So, so what do we do? So, so people that are watching the show and listening and, 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 the, and, and studying and, and learning about these different things, they have to actually, by doing their own research, they can actually look in their own mouth and see, gosh, am I rubbing my teeth? Is it detrimental? They can see, are they rubbing through the enamel? They can go watch even my uh, free dental course, freeholisticdentalcourse.com. I talk a little bit about that. I show models and everything. But if they go in the mirror and they start looking, they can see, wow, I'm 26 years old, let's say. It's 26 year old. Wow, I'm 26 years old. They start looking at their teeth and going, you know, I'm starting to wear these teeth down. I should get that checked. That's the perfect time. And that's the time they go into the dentist and they say, I might be having some wear here. Is there anything we can do? And then the dentist says, you know, I see a little bit of wear. Let's watch it. Well, the patient could be a little bit more proactive. Say, doc, I know I'm rubbing my teeth. Can we just make a night guard or something like that? And the doc will go, well, yeah, we can do that for you now. And I've seen those people, they're wearing a night guard 25, 30 years later. And that has basically slowed or stopped the progression. Wow. Now, fast forward that to... Um, you know, Mrs. Smith, let's say, a fictitious uh, person, fictitious name. She had worn her teeth and then she's brushing with the wrong things and she's got, maybe she's swishing with apple cider vinegar, uh, who knows, any of these kind of things, right? And then all of a sudden comes into my office and the teeth are worn off and the patient's 45 years old and you go, gosh, what do you do? You can't kick the can down the road because Within 10 years, she's going to be needing root canals on so many teeth. So what do we do? So there, we have to find where the best bite position is, number one. And then number two, how do we biomedically reconstruct and build those teeth without grinding them down? And it can be done. And uh, Dr. Pump, I actually have some of those, a couple of patients just with that, that I recently finished on my website, drpaulomalley.com. Yeah, and, and you have great video on your website that people you. should go watch. And you know, and uh, you do you know cosmetic work. I mean, you show how you barely want to take off, you know, living tooth. You know, that the whole point of biomedics, right? I mean, just keeping Absolutely. that structure is critical. And um, I mean, and for me, it's not having this uh, podcast is just to get the word out there. It's not for me to say, hey, everybody, just call my office. That's not the purpose for me here. It's basically my philanthropic humanitarian thing to educate people because slowly and surely even as uh, one of the board members on the academy of biomedic dentistry i would like to improve the membership and improve the training and get this word out there because i'd like it to be the standard of care for mm -hmm. everybody out there at least they should have the option that hey look you don't have to have your teeth ground down you can have them reconstructed gently and built up and really preserve the nerve and preserve your health 
Yeah. You can also preventatively have bite, your bite evaluated and looked at and make sure you're not in the danger zone for the future and have that treated preemptively. So, you know, I, I used to do structural correction chiropractic and we would look at the, um, the structure of C1, the top bone of the spine, the neck curvature, all the way down, structure affects function. Right. Uh, one of the things I learned along the way is that people with bite issues, we, were, we, we found we couldn't fix their cervical spine. So I would argue that the person who just throws a night guard in, they'll save their teeth if they wear the night guard. However, the, the brain knows from a proprioceptive standpoint that something's not right. So walking around during the day when they don't have the guard in, you know, things, when this is off, it trans, you know, translates into that upper cervical. When that's off, you're all the way down to your sacrum can be off. So I literally, you know, I had a dentist that we worked with would send some of the people there and then right. magically we were able to change their spine. Obviously if they had back pain, you know, it would translate into uh, less or no back pain. But the point is, is that this had so much to do proprioceptively. That means, you know, if, if it was in a dark room, I know my hands behind me because there's certain nerves in my joints to tell my brain, your arms are behind you. Those are proprioceptors. Right. <laughs> so the point I'm making is, is that there's certain proprioceptors that know when things aren't lining up right and that translates into your whole body. Oh, hundred percent. I mean, the, I think the ideal scene would be to have a chiropractor and dentist working together to find uh, the right bite position and things like that. Um, uh, as a, it's sort of like with biomedic dentistry. If we can first get the dentist to at least do a sealant around the tooth when they've opened it up, that's a first gradient step. Okay, that's better than leaving it exposed to, and just cementing things on. So the same way with people that have the worn teeth, if we can raise the awareness and they could minimally get uh, maybe some type of night guard until they can work with the chiropractor. Oh yeah, of course. You know, but I tell you on the flip side, I found this interesting. A uh, few of my chiropractor friends that uh, I've worked with some patients back and forth, uh, the adjustments begin to hold well once the night guard is in place. Before well, that, they- You're taking half the stress away. I mean, at exactly. least the stressful time. Yeah, of course. Exactly. So we know there's that whole connection there. And uh, my theory on it, of course, you know, the, the, the $64 billion question, why do I grind? And, um, you know- Wow, that's like a big question there, right? I think it's a genetic thing. Uh, some uh, practitioners say it's from parasites. I haven't seen parasites go away and then the grinding goes away, so I don't know for sure. You may, you may have some comment on that, uh, but I do find that uh, some people just grind their teeth. No matter how we fix them, how we restore them, they're gonna still try to grind. So even I do a perfect reconstruction, at the end, they'll have a night guard in the correct bite position. But now they're correct during the day, and they're basically uh, protected at nighttime. And so it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a tough factor out there. And you, you get someone that's 35 years old, and they have flattened their teeth already at 35. Now, if you're not careful reconstructing and rebuilding the teeth, they're going to break everything that you put in there as a dentist. So it all has to be planned out and more and more chiros if they got together with the general dentist i think it's a home run you know i mean and uh, to, on that topic of why do people grind you know and, and the reason why 
nobody knows is because it's multifaceted, meaning that uh, a body under stress will release stress. You know, so uh, it, could, it could be upper cervical problems. It can right. be emotional problems, trapped emotions, right? I mean, that's a whole other show. Right. Uh, it, 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 neurotoxically, we, we see it. You know, gut uh, stress, we, we can see it. So the point is, is it, it can be all of the above, but right. it, it's a body under some form of stress is where we see the body releasing that, that stress in some aspect, right? So, so you know, true. That, that, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, it, it's so multifaceted there. But, um, you know, I, I think the, the, the point, though, is, is that obviously it can lead to a lot more problems. So you, you may not know the reason why you grind, but <laughs> at least deal with the grinding first. The fact that you are grinding. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right. Right. But, but yeah. I'll say this about myself. I ground. I mean, I, you know, you could look at the history of my teeth and see, yeah, you look like you were a grinder. Well, it hasn't gotten worse in, in, since I had my mouth fixed. So, oh, that's great. You know, I was neurotoxic. I had sleep issues. I used to have to sleep with my mouth open. Now I sleep all night with my mouth closed. I don't grind. Which one did it? Uh, just getting healthy, honestly, it changed yeah. my paradigm, right? But again, so you know, we have to start somewhere. Start with the obvious. You know, we, we have to get the, the bite right. So how do well, we? Well, hundred percent. And along that line, you know, the the research shows that the people who grind their teeth, fifty percent have sleep apnea. Yeah. So that becomes a dangerous component. So it's like. You know, folks, check and see, are you rubbing? Are you grinding your teeth? Take a look at it. Try to do all the holistic and health things that you can to see if it can reverse it, slow it, calm it down. Get with the dentist. Get with the chiropractor. These are the different modalities that you have. But also, you want to do a competent sleep study to make sure you're getting enough oxygen so that your cardiovascular is not at risk. And, and you probably are aware of this, Dr. Pompa, the, the correlation between uh, teeth grinding and sleep apnea. Now, my viewpoint is, I think it's the genetic aspect of the body sort of waking that person up to make sure they get a breath. Almost like, hey, you need some oxygen, take a good breath. And also, I believe it helps with the cerebral spinal fluid, uh, kind of helping it pump around, especially if they're proclined, it's probably putting pressure in that area so they don't have as good a circulation as a normal healthy person might have. And that's my theory only. Well, you know, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to add to the theory. Uh, you know, we know now, I mean, this is new research, uh, that your brain actually has lymphatic channels, right? We, we never even knew that, believe it or not, that long ago. Wow. Um, but here's what we, we also know now is that most of that lymphatic drainage, because you're, there's toxins constantly that need to come out of the brain, even from just making energy in your brain. Um, and it's through the lymphatic system. So um, now we know that someone who's grinding and clenching at night actually blocks and affects the lymphatics. So your tonsils, if you think of your, your body as an hourglass, someone taught me this and I was like, you know, oh my gosh, that's a great analogy. Your head being the top of the hourglass, your tonsils, being like that skinny part and then your body being the rest the bite has so much to do I mean, you can just feel it around your tonsils in your throat so this bite issue affects lymphatic drainage therefore now we know that when you're not draining lymphatically at night that affects your art rem sleep which ultimately affects your deep sleep affects your recovery which affects obviously your toxicity of your brain leading to neurodegenerative diseases, Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, brain loss, right. memory loss. I, do, do you see what I'm saying? So this yeah. bite thing is deeper than people think. Okay, so here's the big question. 
yes, we can look at our mouth and you gave us some great advice there. You right. know, are our teeth chipping? Do we see wear, abnormal wear? Awesome. But let's say we go to our dentist. Um, I, I fear this happening. Oh, okay. Let, let's uh, you put the little graphite paper in. Now you look all right. Is there better testing we can do for bite? You know, uh, that we can check this problem that we may or may not know we have. Well, I, that's a good question. I mean, um, I think the patients out there, the people watching the show out there, they have to be their own advocate a little bit, just like in healthcare. And they have to see, do they have the telltale signs? And those are some of the best ways. Um, you know, we may be able to put up some things, you and I, that we can put up to kind of show them what do some worn teeth look like in the beginning stage, middle, and later stages. So people can go, wow, I have that. And they have to sort of direct and guide their dentists like, hey, you know, I'd like you to make me a night guard. And the dentist might say, well, you know, you seem to be okay and everything. It's okay. That's a short term thing. Then meanwhile, investigate all the other things body wise, you know, like you talked about the lymphatics, uh, the position of the neck, is it correct? Um, toxicities and all these kind of things that they can start doing to see, can they begin to lessen that? Um, otherwise, it, uh, the, the fear that I have is that some, someone might get too aggressive with the patients. We don't want that either. So for example, someone might go, gosh, I have TMJ, my jaw pops. It's like, okay, let me just say this. Do you have any pain? No, I don't have any pain. It just pops every now and then. Okay, shh. Don't say that out loud when you see the dentist. You're going to get over-treated. Yeah. I love my, my, my colleagues, right? But it's like they want to help so bad. It's like there's signs and there's symptoms. If yeah. the person has symptoms, okay, then, you know, we want to do something to help alleviate those symptoms. But the signs would be the wear. There could be some popping and clicking that goes on the joint. But the popping and clicking could come from a person has loose ligament up there and the little uh, oh, disc that's up there just slips on and off, which it shouldn't yeah. do. There's exercises a person can do to help tighten that disc. Uh, there are things like that they can help themselves. But the biggest thing is they have to look in their own mouth and go, gosh, are my, my teeth worn? So what they'd have to do is see what do healthy teeth look like? like if I zoomed in close, you'd see my teeth are super healthy. I, I just don't grind. I don't clench. Mm -hmm. There's no wear in any of my teeth. I can see yours, right? Yeah, like, yeah, that's, that's, that's what it takes is to get yeah. in and look. And you can even have like your, you know, your phone light back there and really look in there and see, gosh, do you see signs of wear? And, and, then, tell. and then you, and you I, I thought uh, before we got on the call, we, we were chatting because um, I'm fascinated by this because I, I know the impact on health. Uh, what tell our viewers and listeners what it feels like because a, a really clever thing you can do is move your jaw back and forth that should feel like something or not describe that to them because that's a great test too. right so uh, we were talking earlier but uh, mother nature has the jaw worked out pretty darn well until the introduction of sugars 400 years ago that started mutating mouths and you know making mouths crooked and twisted when you go back more than 400 years most of the fossil finds the arch forms are pretty wide the bites and the jaws are stronger right so uh that aside what people can do now is they can actually mother nature made it so that when you close your teeth and clench you can actually feel the muscles at the side when i clench it uh-huh yeah, yeah, yeah muscles yeah. off people watching they, they can feel that listening and they, they can get it 
So now when you slide your teeth straight forward under the front teeth, can't do it. Can't really do it. Uh, it's uncomfortable. Yeah. Same as when you go off to the side, you shouldn't be able to do it because the only teeth rubbing went once you're in the regular bite, straight up and down, clench tight. When you slide your teeth forward, back, sideways, etc., the only teeth touching then should be the front six teeth, top and bottom. Anything else rubbing and catching, that's called an interference in dentistry. And if you have a really good dentist, they'll understand that. And they can take a small little polishing diamond and buff that out, and it'll clear that out of the way so that then those muscles will shut off. Because otherwise, if you go to the side and those back teeth are catching, those muscles won't shut off. And it's just, it's just like countertops rubbing on each other. Yeah. And then the other telltale sign the patients out there or people out there will see is near the gum line, they'll be able to take their fingernail and they'll find little hatchet areas, little uh, dug out, little area, like little grooves that can be sensitive when they get their teeth clean. Mm. That's almost always from clenching. Uh -huh. So they can tell by moving their jaw around. Front six teeth should be the only ones touching. They can look at their teeth to see if there's wear or chipping along the edges of the front teeth. And they can also feel along the gum line, do they have those little uh, hatcheted uh, little uh, trench marks along the gum line? And that's another telltale sign, along with recession. Mm -hmm. Recession is a combination of genetics, gum disease, and a clenching bite that's causing it. those gums to run away. I had it. I had all of it, honestly. You know, and uh, look, I, I can tell you, it's you fix your mouth, you fix the health of your body. Right. Uh, you know, the the oral microbiome affects the microbiome in the gut. Uh, the bite affects you structurally. Uh, there's, uh, you know, nerve as we've discovered, right? You know, that there's nerve meridians that connect each tooth to different organs. Right. No wonder 80 some percent of the disease starts in the mouth, man. I mean, and I'm telling you if, you, if you're biting wrong, you're sending neurological signals you know, down these meridians as well as destroying you structurally. So that's many right. factors, Paul. That's right, there, there's a lot. I mean, and you look in history, look at some of the really athletic, strong-looking figures that lived well into their 80s and 90s. Jack LaLanne is one, right? I mean, there he is pulling a barge in the water with his teeth. Yeah. I mean, unbelievable. So, so the health and the strength of the body, you could almost like a barometer, you could look at someone's teeth and go, wow, they have a good constitution or they have oh, yeah. a challenged constitution, yeah. right? So, yeah. and the good news is something can be done about it. So, they can prevent those problems from being a long-term chronic situation to the body. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and then here's the thing. A lot of people are getting cosmetic uh, dentistry done, which um, done right can be a great thing, right? Sure. Um, you know, I mean, I, I had some areas that absolutely uh, needed fixed, you know, but it can also be the thing that throws the bite off. So talk a little bit about cosmetic dentistry done correctly, biomimetically, and um, also, you know, if done incorrectly, you can throw the bite off. Well, if you do it biomimetically, obviously you're going to look at the teeth from the standpoint of what's broken down, what needs to be rebuilt. If you have to take the bite into consideration, let's make sure we have the bite in the right position that's comfortable. And let's prepare or grind on the teeth as little as possible. So what does that mean? Yeah. We do maybe ultra thin veneers on the front teeth if they're needed. Mm -hmm. And on the back teeth, we do ultra thin omelets. We might actually 
open that bite a little bit to create space. And generally we can because a person that's really ground their teeth, they've, ground, they've lost vertical dimension from their nose to their chin. Hallelujah. That means we can open that bite a little bit. Now we have more space in there. We can build those teeth back up rather than grind them down. I've had so many patients come to me. They've been all over the country seeing the top gurus. And they said, well, I came to see you because I know you're not going to do crowns on my teeth and grind them down. Everybody else wanted to do crowns on my teeth. Well, well the biomimetic dentists generally know how to rebuild teeth. Mm -hmm. Some are a little bit more skilled than others. You know, uh, your audience would have to investigate that, go to the Academy of Biomedic Dentistry, and uh, they can research who's been trained and who does different things and, and, and you know, search that for themselves. But when you get into cosmetic dentistry, you want to make sure that form follows function. Yeah. So it's very, very important. So first, in my practice, we eradicate all disease and infection. And if they have mercury fillings and uh, toxic metals in there, we remove those after the infection is uh, healed up because we don't want to do extractions and clean out. Uh, and uh, then at that time, we're removing mercury. It dumps back into those socket areas. We want to make sure that everything's calm, clean, and we're not creating a further exacerbation. So there's various steps to go through to minimize toxicity to the body on a holistic side. On the biomimetic side, there's various steps to go through to do this minimally. And I like to say we, we want to do the, the leastest to the teeth to get the mostest result. <laughs> I like your English. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, I, it, it, it's so true because you have to, you have to look long term. And I, I think that dentistry is, I hope, moving away from just grinding down teeth, you know, to nothing and um, putting crowns on. And then, like you said, veneers, a lot of docs just grind them all the way down to yeah. stops and then yeah. put the veneer on. I watched a video, and I don't know if you can provide some of your videos, but just how minimally you take off when you did some veneer work on people. And yeah. I, I thought it was brilliant. I, I thought your video was well done as well. Oh, thank you. Yes, um, that's the uh, education course that we put out, the, uh, what is it, the freeholisticdentalcourse.com. And that one... Uh, we just got rave reviews on it, and I, I just put it out. I wanted people to know there's a difference out there. You know, a veneer is not a veneer is not a veneer. And then if you're looking at the whole body of the person, uh, how can you do this minimally? Again, we want to make sure the teeth are going to last a lifetime right. in a healthy fashion. So if one of my restorations breaks, there's still 90% of the tooth left there to build up versus some of the docs are saying, well, these, we need harder crowns. We need stronger materials. It's not necessarily so. We need minimal preparation. We need proper materials that mimic mother nature and we get long-term results. But more importantly, the longevity of the tooth. That's yeah. what we're looking for. And that can help the longevity of a person's health. Yeah. No, now, cosmetic dentistry, an interesting thing with the cosmetic is, you talked earlier, there's an emotional side to things, right? right. Some people are so distraught emotionally, they don't smile in any of their pictures. Uh, think about it, they're just like, they're just sucking in this, they're withholding a beautiful emotion that they can release and they can't because they feel so bad about themselves. So now they can go get cosmetic dentistry, but you wanna make sure again, the form follows function. So you find someone that gets everything done right, minimally invasively, the teeth are all sealed, and then the person not only has a beautiful smile, feels good, outwardly now expressing themselves, but they're gonna have teeth for life and a healthy body. 
as yeah, well. That's great. Yeah. So uh, another big question. I mean, on this on this topic of like you know literally maintaining our teeth. What's your feeling about um, regular toothpaste? What's your feeling even about healthy toothpaste? Toothpaste that someone buys in Whole Foods. Uh, what you use in your mouth is huge for your microbiome and the health of your teeth. So talk about kind of both worlds. Well, earlier we were on the show, we were talking about three things cause people to lose their teeth. One is the bite, which we've just talked about, a bad bite. And the other is gum disease and tooth decay. And literally it's uh, an epidemic worldwide. And it's listed as such because there's 4 billion people right now as we're speaking that have severe gum disease or cavities right at this moment and how detrimental to their body as well, you know. So uh, we can put people on the moon. We can, now we're going to go to Mars and all that. It's like, gosh darn it, why can't we handle this epidemic that's out there? And we can. We can do it through diet and all these types of things, which actually the more proper way to have better foods, more natural food, better diet, less sugar, less carbs, all that. But that's a, a very tough uphill battle when you've got a trillion dollars of commercials out there pushing, you know, sodas, Coca-Colas, Twinkies, uh, you know, fruit snacks loaded with sugar, et cetera. So what, what can we do? All those things are caused from an imbalance in bacteria that happens not only in the gut, happens in the mouth too. So when it comes to toothpaste and a natural type of toothpaste, even I looked back in 2003, 2004 at all the natural ones, and they actually weren't that great, in my opinion, as a holistic dentist. So my daughter, who was uh, five and a half, six at the time, we set up shop in my kitchen. Uh, my wife was very gracious to allow us to do that. We started mixing ingredients and said, I told my daughter, I said, we're going to make a toothpaste. She goes, okay, dad. So we started making our own toothpaste. And literally, I tried putting so many different things in. I tried putting probiotics in there, but they always would die. Yeah. It wouldn't be in the right ratio. So I said, all right, I have to separate those out. So, so, so we made a probiotic just for the mouth, all natural, uh, chewable, actually more like a lozenge. People can take at nighttime to reduce the bacteria that cause cavities, gum disease, and ear, nose, and throat infections. Well, I kept working on that darn toothpaste. So finally... This year, I've released the toothpaste that finally came out um, at my company, Great Oral Health. Yeah, that's the probiotic. That's right. Great yeah. Oral Health. And by the way, <laughs> kids love this thing. Yeah. yeah, it's amazing, right? As long as they haven't been brought up on sugary stuff, because some of the kids, they want it to be more sugary. It's like, uh, yeah, this is not a sugar. This is, it's a medicine, but it, at least it's a favorable flavor, you know? So that's the probiotic. So in our profession, the problem has been, we've been trying to burn this stuff out, kill it, cut it out, uh, you know, nuke the stuff, whatever, and it's a failed concept because it's only one half of the ledger. We not only do we have to get rid of the bad, but we got a backfiller put in the good. So yeah. that product you just showed, that's the probiotic to backfill in the good bacteria because only 2% of the population never gets gum disease or cavities worldwide. So the rest of us 98 percenters, we have, if we don't supplement, we're, you know, we're missing the boat on that. Unfortunately, it's a lifestyle, it's a lifestyle change. I mean, or fortunately, you'd say there's something that can be done. Now, when it comes to the toothpaste, my opinion on this is that, well, we don't need fluoride. Fluoride's listed as a toxin anyway, yeah. so who needs that stuff? And it's uh, 300 parts to a million parts per million in uh, toothpaste which 
in the water supply, they put maybe one part per million in there, uh, a, a, a harmful form of uh, fluoride. They, it's like a hydrofluorosilicate, yeah. which is a waste product. That's a, that could be a whole nother show, yeah, right? Exactly. You know, but yeah. uh, when they use fluoride in toothpaste, it's more of a uh, probably, let's say, like a um, chemistry-based, uh, more proper type of fluoride. You know, it's not mixed with all these little uh, toxins in it. But still, in itself, it's listed as a poison or toxin. So what does that stuff do? Well, it helps maybe bind to the enamel. There's conflicting uh, studies on that. And it might make that enamel a little bit harder. What I find that it does is it acts like a pesticide and it tends, tends to stick around and helps prevent bacteria from laying their acids and sticking around there. And that's it. But you're using a pesticide essentially to do it because it kills bugs, but it's a bit toxic to have too much in the mouth. If you look at the Center uh, for Disease Control, they have a lot of calls in uh, kids. They, they, they swallow that stuff. So if, if they swallow too much, they got to go to the hospital, get their stomach pumped, or it can be lethal. And there's a little sign on that. So I said, all right, I want to do natural stuff. So fluoride's out. What can we do? So any good natural toothpaste should be loaded with aloe vera, should have xylitol in it. It should have some antioxidants in it, not just for... Uh, it looks cool on the label, but stuff that can be highly effective, you know? So, you know, I mean, we've, many of our viewers uh, know Dr. Jerry. Uh, he's been very critical of, of course, commercial toothpaste, but also, right. um, you know, healthier toothpaste, if you will, more right. natural toothpaste. Even from uh, the standpoint of some of the ingredients, natural ingredients, even natural sweeteners, it being too harsh on the oral microbiome. Um, yeah. So, I mean, what's your feeling on some of, you know, some well, of I, I, I agree with that. And I mean, so uh, the formulation that I put together, it, it's high in the xylitol, the aloe vera, the antioxidants, it has um, organic essential oil and it, it has a small amount, but an efficacious amount of tea tree oil in it. So we want to kill the bacteria, but we also want to rebuild the teeth. So it's loaded with an ingredient called hydroxyapatite. Hydroxyapatite is basically a fancy name for tooth. Calcium. Yeah, it's calcium for the teeth, and, but it's in a nanoparticle size. And there's double-blind studies on it that shows that it will remineralize the tooth structure on a, uh, you know, at a micro level, but still it will do that. And the beauty is it remineralizes it in a white crystalline form. So it can slightly over time even improve the color of the teeth at the same time it's healing. So my view was always, let's, let's rebuild and help these teeth get a chance uh, for mother nature to rebuild them. So that's the ingredients that should be in there. And I'll say one last thing, 99.999%, probably almost to infinity percent of the toothpaste out there are chock full of glycerin. They have vegetable yeah. glycerin. In. Now they're going, instead of animal glycerin, they go to vegetable to look better on the label. Uh, glycerin is really uh, meant to help bind everything together, hold it together, uh, preserve it a little bit, etc. There's nothing wrong with it. It's, it's not like you're going to die from the stuff. But on the teeth, it's apparently negative charged hmm. and hard to wash off. You might need six or eight or 12 swishes with uh -huh. water to get the stuff off. So it binds on there. It's negative charged. And plaque is positive charged. Yeah. Well, who knew? So that's why people brushing with regular toothpaste that has 
glycerin in it, their teeth feel dirty within half an hour. So mine is 99.99% free of glycerin, and it has that ultimate clean feeling, and it's re helping in the remineralization process uh, naturally with the mouth. Now, now so you mentioned xylitol, and some people are crit uh, critical of xylitol because, I mean, it's a killer. I mean, right? I mean, it has a, an effect against um, bacteria. Uh, what's your feeling on xylitol? Well, so far the studies look pretty good on it. I mean, the, the xylitol appears to, it's sort of like a, the Trojan horse, right? So xylitol goes in there and the bacteria that cause cavities and some of the others that are there go, wow, yum, yum, this looks just like sugar. Let's get some, that's their fuel. I mean, these bacteria love sugar. It's like gasoline yeah, to them right on a fire. So they try to digest it and they're trying and trying and they can't quite digest that molecule of xylitol. And what happens is they expend all their energy and they die naturally. Hmm. And apparently over time, so far as I've been researching, they haven't built a resistance to this, which is great. So it's probably gonna be as effective as these toothpaste that have fluoride in it. But you can't have a small amount in there. You can't have 3% xylitol or 12% xylitol. It's not enough. It has to be enough that it can be oh. effective. Does it have a negative effect on the uh, good oral microbiome, the good bacteria? No, apparently not, because it's, it's going to help reduce the more pathogenic bacteria that proliferate off of a high uh, carbohydrate, high sugar content of foods. Basically, all the bacteria are just competing for food. Yeah. Right? So if we take the probiotic and dump it in there, they're going to actually start competing for food too. And, and they also have little Star Wars-like uh, activity in them. They, they can shoot around at the pathogenic bacteria and take them out, right? These good bacteria. So it's all competing. And if there's not enough food source, they drown out the harmful bacteria. That's the concept behind it. But if I just had a toothpaste all by itself, and that's all I had as part of my protocol, I'd be like everybody else out there we'd only be hitting one side of the ledger, which is wipe out the bad stuff. It, it's not as successful. I mean, just look at the epidemic. It's not successful. It hasn't worked. It hasn't worked. It's we got to balance the bacteria. Yeah, it's an old model. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No. Okay. All right. So, I mean, we, we have, uh, we hit structure. <laughs> we, <laughs> we, sure we, hit, we hit function. Um, you know, we even hit the, uh, the oral microbiome. And, and again, I, I would argue that you can use the perfect toothpaste. You can do a lot of things right. But if your structure's wrong, uh, you know, I mean, one of the things, I mean, I had these pockets. Yeah, I mean, I had some cavitations, which were, you know, teeth were extracted, formed, uh, healed over, and formed these nasty caves with bacteria and pa other pathogens in them. But mm -hmm. I also just had deep pockets. My bite was off for so many years. Recession. Yeah. I mean, basically, I had, you know, periodontal disease, honestly. And yeah. A lot of it, the three things you said. I mean, you know, I did obviously toxicity issues, but I did have bite issues, right? Um, you know, structural issues in the mouth. Uh, I mean, that's why uh, you know we have to balance out the structure, of course. If we, if all we did was, if all I did is promoted uh, great oral health, uh, my company Great Oral Health, and go and buy the little essential oils, kill the bacteria, the toothpaste to help keep everything fresh and healthy and balanced and remineralize the teeth and then the probiotic to balance the bite, then what we're gonna end up with is still people that have a structural problem with their bite, they're still gonna get into trouble. 
So we also we have to handle all three of those areas. Yeah, uh, absolutely. All right, give, give them your information. Um, what do you want to send people? Uh, they can go to drpaulomalley.com. That's drpaulomalley.com. That's my website. They can sign up there for the free holistic course. They can also peruse right. around and look at everything. And the other is just freeholisticdentalcourse.com. And then my uh, oral care company is called Great Oral Health. Just go to greatoralhealth.com. And uh, I want Great Oral Health and actually to, you know, uh, to really pinpoint. I want great health for everybody. Yeah. That's my goal, That's right? Awesome. Yeah. I know it's your goal too. Yeah, it, it is. <laughs> Dr. Paul, thank you. Uh, wealth and knowledge always on the show. Thanks a lot. I watched uh, episode one, uh, more about biomimetic dentistry. Um, watch we'll put the link here Ashley will put the link you can link back to part one and I don't think I think you could watch these in uh, either order but um, obviously we gave a little more information on how you do teeth so that's awesome thanks for being on thanks, thanks a lot you're awesome I appreciate yeah. the show thanks a lot bye-bye yeah. well that's it for this week we hope you enjoyed today's episode this episode was brought to you by Cyto Detox please check it out at buycytonow.com. We'll be back next week and every Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern. We truly appreciate your support. You can always find us at cellularhealing.tv and please remember to spread the love by liking, subscribing, giving an iTunes review, and sharing the show with anyone you think may benefit from the information heard here. And as always, thanks for listening.